Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. On today's episode, I'm talking, it's the second interview with patient Sophie. Sophie's name, identifying details, and life circumstances have been changed, but her experience with OCD has not changed. In our first episode, Sophie introduced her experience with OCD, and I started to make some suggestions about how she could relate to it more effectively. This episode, we'll talk about how she tried to implement what we discussed and where she continues to get stuck. So Sophie, tell us what is happening for you this week. Thanks for being with me. Yeah, this week was kind of a mess. Like, it was pretty hard. I was, like, on my period, which sometimes is sensitizing, but also it brings up a lot of content around my HIV and or my HIV content. Sorry to interrupt you, but can you be more specific for the listeners about what you mean by HIV content? Um, so just, like, I have a lot of OCD around, like, protecting myself or either thinking that I will get HIV somehow from like using a public bathroom or something that's contaminated, or also like if I think I have HIV and then that I'm going to give it to other people through just like casual interactions or something and that that would harm them obviously and be an, an unwanted thing for me to have to get them. So me trying to protect against like that and also just prevent myself from getting it. Yeah, really good description. So just to clarify for the listeners, again, OCD is having unwanted intrusive thoughts that arrive with a spike of anxiety and the urge to do something in response. They're very similar to worries, but the difference between worry and an unwanted intrusive thought or an obsession is that it doesn't feel reasonable to the person that's worried about it to be worried about it. And so there's often a secondary layer of like confusion or shame about the fact that the thought is stuck in the first place. And so in Sophie's case, she has this thought, what if I have HIV or what if I get HIV and that thought arrives with a spike of anxiety and gives her the urge to do something in response, even though there's also a part of her that doesn't believe that it's actually true. Would you add anything to that description, Sophie? No, I think that is exactly kind of my experience so far. And I think it's lately this past week, it's translated a lot into me strengthening like the rituals I have around like using a public bathroom and being around people and that kind of thing and has kind of gone against what I tried to set for myself last week. Okay. And can you be more specific about the rituals that you've been using to try to protect against the uncertainty that you feel? Yeah, like if I go to the bathroom, like I'll use hand sanitizer multiple times and like I'll put a seat cover down and if it moves at all or, you know, something like an unintended exposure because like 
obviously using like public bathrooms, there's like no way that you know exactly what it will be like when you go into it. And so I found myself like bracing against the possibility that there will be something in there that sensitizes me. And just so trying to prevent getting sensitized and feeling anxious by bringing hand sanitizer and using that multiple times or after I use the bathroom, like washing my hands. And then if I feel like I didn't get them thoroughly enough, then I would wash them again and things like that. Great. And good use of the word sensitization. Can you explain what you mean by sensitization? I think for me, it's basically like situations or emotions or feelings that like even just like thoughts, whatever, anything that like is happening in my body that I need to do something to like relieve myself from feeling that level of uncertainty. Okay, great. Yeah. And I just want to add some more education here. So anxiety sensitivity is a biological trait, a biological vulnerability that runs in families, but is biological and also learned. I think we actually talked about this last time, but in the presence of anxiety sensitivity, the body feels like it's having the fight or flight. And then you have catastrophic thinking that seems real and gives you the urge to try to problem solve to make it go away. And so for those people that have anxiety sensitivity, then getting sensitized can be related to lifestyle choices, or not choices, but lifestyle circumstances, like being tired or being hungry, being stressed, being fatigued, being on your period, being sick. These are all kind of factors that could contribute to your biological sensitivity, and then triggers could further sensitize you. So that's kind of what you're describing, Sophie, that you had both you're sensitized because you're on your period. You might also be sensitized by your workload if you want to talk more about that in a minute. And then in addition to those underlying stressors, you also are aware that you're headed into a situation where there's going to be triggers. And so that is also sensitizing. And it's more likely that your thoughts will get stuck when you're in that biological state. Does that fit your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So given that you know that the bathroom is a place where you're harm OCD about the possibility of either getting or giving HIV is likely to occur, then there's a part of you that's saying like, oh, I don't want to be anxious all day. So I want to do something to ensure that I don't feel too anxious. And basically that's how you're coming up with your rituals. That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure where the rituals come from or started from. I think it was just, yeah, a lot of bracing against feeling like I would get something from the restroom and be unaware that I had and somehow hurt someone from that, my negligence, basically. So I think that's where it grew out of is me wanting to protect against that from happening and be certain that no one would be harmed by, you know, me using the bathroom in a way that was like negligent or something. And then they've gotten like larger and larger. Like, oh, I started with like, I never even really used hand sanitizer my whole life. And then it grew to like, now I'm using hand sanitizer like three times every time I go to the bathroom and washing my hands multiple times. So Obviously, it's something that has been more recent and has changed as my OCD about this has gotten worse. Yes. And how do you arrive at how often to wash your hands or how often to use hand sanitizer when you're saying you're fearful that you're being negligent? Like, how do you arrive at that? I mean, I guess the short answer would be like anytime I, it's something gross <laughs> that I perceive as gross or that like was unexpected, basically. Like, 
just like if a bathroom is really gross or you know something like that like the seat cover moved when I was going to the bathroom like that translates for me into like I need to use hand sanitizer or if I'm like working in close proximity with other people like that translates into I need to use more hand sanitizer like it's more just like the more uncertainty I feel about my content it's like I can get certainty by using hand sanitizer that's how it feels yeah that's how it feels seems like the operative phrase there that you're basically having a thought that there's a threat and then you're doing something to make the uncertainty that arrives with that thought less likely, but are you actually, if there really was a threat for you harming someone by touching them, would using hand sanitizer protect you and them from that threat? I think in my head when I'm really sensitized, yes. And so that's why it feels like it's essential that I use it. But I think as we sit here and talk about it, it sounds silly that that to me is equated with protecting myself or them. What's silly about it? Because I think in my rational mind, I know how HIV is spread and it wouldn't be spread that way. But when I'm sensitized, it's like everything goes out the window. And it's like the one thing that my mind kind of latches onto is like, oh, this kills everything. It will kill whatever's on your hands. And you can be certain. It's almost like a get out of jail free card or something, you know, like if I use it with a hand sanitizer, like everything will be okay. Like there's no chance that any germs will be on my hand, HIV or not. So it's like, it's more like it's proactive. It's not like I need to use it, but the fact that I do, it's like now I know for sure that nothing will get transmitted. So you have the feeling of certainty through that behavior. And it's, so it seems like your OCD has been pretty convincing about that point. Like if we personify the OCD and say that one of its tactics is to, make, to ensure that you'd never take any risks, particularly about whatever threat it it comes up with that's giving you the feeling of uncertainty. So if it's saying like, basically you're being negligent if you don't protect against any possible threat that your mind comes up with, and then these are very specific behaviors and rituals you can do to ensure that you're not being negligent, even if that doesn't actually match the threat that you're concerned about. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically the voice of OCD is one that says no risk is tolerable, but what's the consequence of that? So if you're always living as though not protecting against any risk that your mind comes up with is negligent, what does that mean for your life? I mean, I think it's like a futile path to go down because it's not possible to know how every person will think and feel in however situation will present itself and et cetera, et cetera. So I think when you phrase it that way, it makes it more clear to me that that's like a problematic way of believing, you know, and acting that that's like an opportunity for me to kind of adjust those expectations. Great. So you can see that it's not reasonable to try to protect against all risks. What about this? Like you're being irresponsible or negligent though, like if your mind says it's not prudent to let the possibility of this catastrophe occur, how are you going to challenge that? I think I would like to revisit the things we talked about last time. Like, so, you know, not using hand sanitizer at all, only washing my hands once and then still committing to like not texting people to get reassurance, like my mom or my boyfriend, like people that are close to me 
because those are kind of reinforcing those rituals I've created. Great. And if when you get an intrusive thought and you have the urge to text your mom or your boyfriend or use hand sanitizer or other compulsions, and then you say, nope, I've committed to not doing this. I'm not going to do it. I imagine your OCD might come back with like, I think, are you sure that that's okay? Like, are you sure that you're not being negligent at this point? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, even as you say that, it's like sensitizing. (laughs) So you're absolutely right. I think it's me having to like commit to valuing not having these rituals, like me valuing to like live a life where I don't have to brace against uncertainty, kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's almost like not me. It's like what we were talking about last time. Like, it's not me being okay with like having to resign myself to like, what if I get HIV? But it's me like having to resign myself to the thought that like I could get HIV in any situation because like life is unpredictable and I can't be in control of every situation. That's kind of what I'm trying to remember is that and also how much distress like these rituals bring to my life and that I don't like doing them, that they're not enjoyable and that they could continue to get worse if like I continue to reinforce them every time I use the restroom. Yes, great. So to summarize that back to you, basically you're saying that you're surrendering to the possibility that you have the thought that you could get HIV and have the feeling of uncertainty about it you're not surrendering to it being okay if that were true. But just, again, you're surrendering to the possibility that that thought might arise, not only because life circumstances are unpredictable, but also that your mind is unpredictable. You can't control what comes into your mind or what sensations or feelings your body has. So that's, number one, that's a really big Kind of willingness to do that both on about this content and other content is a big part of recovering from OCD. And then the other part that you just said around like, I want to commit to living a life where I'm willing to embrace uncertainty and not use rituals to protect against that feeling. Can you just expand on why you think that would be worth it in your life? Because it's not enjoyable to like live life where you're just constantly bracing from one thing to the next. It's really distressing and it feels like the things get bigger. Like instead of it just being this one thing that I need to brace against, then it's like all of a sudden it's just like exponential. You know, it's like from one to 16, like in just really short amount of time. And it's like not like that's just not a strategy because my mind will just continue to exponentially grow the amount of things it needs to brace against. And then it's like, I'm not even like living anything that I value. It's, it's just like living to go from one thing I'm bracing against to the next. Yeah. Can you give an example? Like if you do your rituals in the bathroom and it feels like you're protecting against the uncertainties there, but then basically that you're starting the habit that day of bracing against the possibility of catastrophe and the feeling of uncertainty, then how does that become bracing in other areas? It just, like, makes me feel kind of out of control if, like, I don't do them. So, well, I I guess to answer your question, though, like, it's bracing, like, if I drive, it's checking, like, if I think I, like, if I have the thought that maybe I hit someone or ran somebody over, then it's me having to go back, you know, and be late to something or be, like, that weird person that's, like, like, checking my car, you know, if it's locked like 50 times, you know, like on the corner and people are going by and wondering like why I'm doing that. So it's just, it's other things that like are not things I value that are a waste of time that I can rationally say like, 
that's not a good use of my time or energy or brain power if I continue to kind of like build these rituals. Yeah. So it seems like you're pretty all in on like my OCD is not helping me out in terms of your actual life goals and your functioning. You can tell that OCD is kind of getting in the way, but what keeps the rituals going? You think, you know, you started to say, I feel really out of control, for instance. So if part of you knows that once you start bracing, once you start doing compulsions, you're vulnerable to doing other compulsions in other content areas. Tell me about the feeling of being out of control and how that relates to whether you start compulsing or not. Well, I think I would argue, I don't know if I'm all in yet because I mean, even as you talk a little bit, I'm like, yeah, but there's like modern conveniences like plumbing and soap and those all exist. And I think, you know, part of me just wants to like completely utilize them. And it feels silly that, you know, I'm voluntarily choosing something that isn't using those to their fullest potential. But that aside, I think what I've noticed is, as I... Do you mind if I actually interrupt you about that point? Sure. Okay. So just to that point, what I'm aware of here is that we're not, we're not talking about hygiene. We're not talking about being clean or not being clean. We're talking about anxiety-driven behavior. So you're not not using plumbing or not using soap and water. What we're trying to do is get you to a place where you can use soap and water and you can use modern conveniences in a way that is not anxiety-driven. And we might need to go past what you, you'd want to do on a typical day if you weren't experiencing OCD and do things that are even more challenging than, again, what it would be like to just be using things in a non-anxiety-driven way. So you might have to refrain from washing your hands as frequently or at all in order to get yourself to a place where you don't do something that is anxiety-driven. But again, it's just important to modify here that we're not saying that there's anything wrong with modern conveniences. We're saying that we don't want to be acting in an anxiety-driven way. Okay. So basically, part of being all in is, I think, remembering that what we're challenging is anxiety-driven behavior, not hygiene or even like excellence. So when you're having the urge, for instance, to check your work, we're not, and I'm suggesting that you refrain from doing that type of checking. I'm not saying that like, who cares about excellence? You sh- everybody should make mistakes all the time and that it, you know, there's no consequence to just doing things good enough. Like I actually want you to be striving for excellence, but if in order to get to a place where you're striving for excellence, you're using perfectionistic strategies that undermine your performance over time, you have to go towards the possibility of mistakes first so that you can then get to a place where you're not anxiety driven in your behavior. So besides that point around, again, we're challenging anxiety driven behavior, not the circumstance itself. What else were you going to say about being all in? Oh, well, I was going to say that I think in response to your question that when I feel like I don't do those exposures or that I'm sorry, I don't do the rituals, it feels like I am going to be out of control and be out of control in other areas of my life too, that they're kind of all interrelated. So it feels like if I don't do a ritual in the restroom or something, then later on in the day, if I'm driving, it feels like I'm more likely to like hit somebody with my car or be negligent in another way or cause harm in a different way. That's tied to the fact of whether I did those rituals or not related to HIV. So for me, it's like me being all in. It's hopefully going to untangle those all being interrelated because I think rationally I can say, you know, me, whether I wash my hands or not, 
isn't related to how safe of a driver I am. Okay, yeah. So I definitely want to respond to what you're describing about feeling out of control and kind of feeling like you're trying to get a sense of how much uncertainty something's going to cause you and then kind of keep that within a certain range that you believe that you can tolerate. So in some ways, that's really effective. But just reflecting on what you said last time around how one of the ways that you build momentum is when you get to a space where you just have to surrender to your OCD because otherwise your rituals and your compulsions and your avoidances would just be very impairing. In order to build momentum, you say like, okay, I'm going to challenge my OCD here and not compulse, see that I'm okay. Okay, I'll do something a little bit harder, not compulse, see if I'm okay. Okay, keep going. In some ways, that's a great way to get your life back and challenge content in kind of a hierarchical way. But the consequence of that sometimes can also be that you're now checking to see how much uncertainty you feel and whether or not it's gone away. And that checking can lead to bracing that then makes it feel intolerable if you have a greater uncertainty or, or something happens that doesn't feel within the scope of what you were expecting. And I just wonder if you want to speak to that in terms of like, if you don't do your compulsions around the bathroom, you then feel out of control related to the car. Like how, how are those connected to what I was just describing? I think it's like, again, if I am not doing the kind of rituals around the bathroom and then I'm driving and that kind of thing, it is really sensitizing to me. And so I think it's just like kind of stopping them and doing like basically cutting off some of the rituals I'm doing and then kind of being okay with the outcome that those have, you know, and still driving and not making a ritual around that because I feel out of control because I stop doing some of the other parts of that ritual related to the bathroom, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then kind of trying to gain momentum from those, like you're saying. So I would like to commit to not calling or checking with my mom or my boyfriend again, and also like not using hand sanitizer at all and only washing my hands one time. So those are all things that I'm hoping like I can do this week and commit to those this week. And then kind of use those to gain momentum for the next couple of weeks so that, you know, I'm not constantly just bracing against this content and then using the restroom and then driving and bracing against each of those every time so that it's kind of like the rituals are gaining traction. So. Yeah, all of that sounds really great. I really like your motivation and your willingness or wanting here. Just one little piece about self-compassion. If you get into a situation that's very sensitizing and you feel really out of control and uncertain and you happen to urgently do one of your compulsions, how do you want to respond to yourself after that? I think just telling myself that this is really hard and that I have a lot of content around here and that it's not necessarily going to feel good in the moment, not doing something, but the down the line, like a week or even the next day or an hour from then, like it will feel good because I'm not buying into these rituals that I feel like I need to keep doing. Hopefully they'll start getting less sticky over time. And that's something that I really value and having my life be not just a bunch of situations that I'm bracing against and then waiting for the next thing to brace against. Yes. What I like about what you were just saying is first the normalization of this is really hard. 
it's really hard to feel uncertain about all the things that you feel uncertain about. And it's really hard to maintain a strategy that is the opposite of what your body wants to do 100% of the time. And then I also like the way you immediately flipped into your values rather than self-criticism. So basically you're, uh, living or like going with like, I'm just going to get back on the horse. Like if I happen to compulse, okay, that happened. I'm going to get the next point here and just go towards it again. And again, I'm going to remind myself that even if I'm suffering right now, feeling a lot of anxiety and uncertainty, if I keep getting on the offense and I keep going towards it, eventually it won't be as sticky and I won't be as distressed. So it sounds like you have your plan. We, I'm aware of the time, so we will wrap up for today. Anything else you want to say before we end? Nope. Thank you. Okay. Looking forward to hearing how it goes in a couple weeks. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.